Section 54 of Nye and Riley's Wit and Humor. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tavarish. Nye and Riley's Wit and Humor. Where the Roads Are Engaged in Forking by Bill Nye. I'm writing this at an imitation hotel where the roads fork. I will call it the Fifth Avenue Hotel because the hotel at a railroad junction is generally called the Fifth Avenue or the Gem City House or the Palace Hotel. I stopped at an inn some years since called the Palace, and I can truly say that if it had ever been a palace, it was very much run down when I visited it. Just as the fond parent of a white-eyed two-legged freak of nature loves to name his mentally diluted son napoleon and for the same reason that a prominent horse owner in illinois last year socked my name on a tall buckskin-colored colt that did not resemble me intellectually or physically a colt that did not know enough to go round a barbed wire fence but sought to shift himself through it into an untimely grave so this man has named his sway-backed wigwam the Fifth Avenue Hotel. It is different from the Fifth Avenue in many ways. In the first place, there is not so much travel and business in its neighborhood. As I said before, this is where two railroads fork. In fact, that is the leading industry here. The growth of the town is naturally slow, but it is a healthy growth. There is nothing in the nature of dangerous or wildcat speculation in the advancement of this place, and while there has been no noticeable or rapid advance in the principal business, there has been no falling off at all, and these roads are forking as much today as they did before the war while the same three men who were present for the first glad moments are still here to witness the operation. Sometimes a train is derailed, as the papers call it, and two or three people have to remain over as we did all night. It is at such a time that the Fifth Avenue Hotel is the scene of great excitement. A large codfish with a broad and sunny smile, and his bosom full of rock salt, is tied in the creek to freshen and fit himself for the responsible position of floor manager of the codfish ball. A pale chambermaid, wearing a black jersey with large pores in it through which she is gently percolating, now goes joyously up the stairs to make the little post office lockbox rooms look ten times worse than they ever did before she warbles a low refrain as she nimbly knocks loose the venerable dust of centuries and sets it afloat throughout the rooms whole is bustle about the house especially the chambermaid we were put in the guest's chamber here has two atrophied beds made up of panes and counterpanes 
this last remark conveys to the reader the presence of a light joyous feeling which is wholly assumed on my part the door of our room is full of holes where locks have been wrenched off in order to let the coroner in last night i could imagine that i was in the act of meeting personally the famous people who have tried to sleep here and who moaned through the night and who died while waiting for the dawn i have no doubt in the world but there is quite a good-sized delegation from this hotel of guests who hesitated about committing suicide because they feared to tread the red-hot sidewalks of perdition but who became desperate at last and resolved to take their chances and they have never had any cause to regret it we washed our hands on doorknob soap wiped them on a slippery elm court plaster that had made quite a reputation for itself under the nom de plume of towel tried to warm ourselves at a pocket inkstand stove that gave out heat like a dark lantern and had a deformed elbow at the back of it the chambermaid is very versatile and waits on the table while not engaged in agitating the overworked mattresses and puny pillows upstairs in this way she imparts the odor of fried pork to the pillowcases and kerosene to the pie she has a wild nervous and apprehensive look in her eye as though she feared that some herculean guest might seize her in his great strong arms and bear her away to a justice of the peace and marry her she certainly cannot fully realize how thoroughly secure she is from such a calamity she is just as safe as she was forty years ago when she promised her aged mother that she would never elope with any one still she is sociable at times and converses freely with me at table as she leans over my shoulder pensively brushing the crumbs into my lap with a general utility towel which accompanies her in her various rambles through the house and she asks what we would rather have tea or eggs this afternoon we will pay our bill in accordance with the lifelong custom of ours and go away to permeate the busy haunts of men it will be sad to tear ourselves away from the fifth avenue hotel at this place still there is no great loss without some small gain and at our next hotel we may not have to chop our own wood and bring it upstairs when we want to rest the landlord of a hotel who goes away to a political meeting and leaves his guests to chop their own wood and then charges them full price for the rent of a boisterous and tempest-tossed bed will never endear himself to those with whom he is thrown in contact we leave at two thirty this afternoon hoping that the two railroads 
may continue to fork here just the same as though we had remained. End of section 54